0: Hello and welcome to the One Wrestling Podcast, your one-stop shop for discussions and reviews about the vast world of professional wrestling. Each week, we pick some shows to discuss from every promotion we feel like discussing that week. Kick off the show talking about all the big news in the business, mostly pro, but we talk about a little bit of everything. I'm your host T.J., A.K.A. Aspir, and with me is my co-host Caitlin.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: Uh, this week is episode fifty-two, and we'll be discussing the two Dragon Gate Corkins from the past week on the twelfth, uh, thirteenth, and, and the final Wrestle One show to make tape. Uh, hear me mourn the death of my one of my favorite companies <laughs> yet again but uh before we get into any of that doing anything exciting this week
1: um i have to think about that i was like i don't really know
0: did you watch anything from the season yet of anime yeah, yeah. what
1: the Promise is never oh
0: fuck i forgot you were watching that yeah uh now we're both still watching agarashi yeah. yeah. I think that's really it for you that you've watched this season so far. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm still watching Horimiya, It's still really cute. I started that skating anime. It's like S K Infinity or like Skate the Infinity or something like that. Yeah,
1: something like that. Something um,
0: skating. I kind of just decided to watch it on a whim because it's like I need to want to watch something this season and uh, it's so far like it's only one well it's two episodes now but I've only watched the first episode and I'm really enjoying it so far a very pretty show like whoever i don't forget who's doing the animation but it's really fucking good and uh it's definitely a few joshibades a lot of pretty boys in there but so far i think the story's pretty good and of course you have like the found genius where a guy just like because the whole thing is skateboarding right so they introduce a new character and he doesn't know how to skate like his first time even getting on a skateboard he literally falls off in seconds but of course by the end of the episode he learns that he's actually amazing skater because he thinks hes actually from Canada. He's like a transfer student, so he's a snowboarder. So of course, I guess he can since he can snowboard, he can skate, and none of the skateboarders can like t- like um, <laughs> like they're all surprised to how because of course he's he's skateboarding like his uh, he's snowboarding, so it's a different style, and all the skateboarders are like, what the hell is this guy doing? And he's so great, how's he winning everything? And I don't know, it's only one episode, but I'm gonna keep watching. It seems pretty cool and uh, gaming-wise, still wow and. Genshin still have not pulled (laughs) Ganyu one day she'll come home no uh, I'm still playing Celeste I beat another level last night she was kind of watching me over my shoulder that thing was stressful (laughs) it's a really fun game I'm really enjoying it a lot but I died like two over 260 times on one level I think that final boss on that I won't talk about it in case you want to play it I mean it's an old game but it's an old game but it's older game but I definitely recommend checking it out if you're into platformers and just like Speedrunning running kind of games, even though I'm, not, I'm definitely not speed-running it. Like I said, I died like 260 times, but I'm enjoying that. But let's get this out of the way because we're actually recording earlier than usual because it's um, Martin Luther King Day here in the States, so we have off work. It is totally fucking up with my time, that's for sure. But that's for sure. I really, in days. Yeah, yeah, in days. But I'm really happy we're able to actually record this at an earlier time and get it out to you all quicker, so let's get into the wrestling. Start off with the news. Uh, not a whole lot of Western news main thing is that it looks like uh they're going to do a mlw versus lucha underground program from the sounds of it i think uh dave even reported that they're trying to get whatever lucha ground uh, lucha underground people they can get like which is why mil more showed up so i'm curious how this ends up going that's for sure but it's something i'll probably get people talking about mlw a little bit at least uh japanese in japanese indie news uh this isn't necessarily just indie news but uh the net pro wrestling awards for 2020 came out like just like an hour or two ago uh it's a a poll voted on by fans of Japan. I'm going to go through the results pretty quickly and give our thoughts on it, I guess. Um, for uh, top 10 matches of 2020, uh, number one is Hiromu Takahashi versus El Desperado. Best Super Junior Finals, so yeah, I agree with that. Well, I don't agree with that because I picked a match I picked different, one, but I'm
1: mean, yeah,
0: i very happy for that. Uh, second match is Go Shiozaki versus Nakajima. Can't disagree with that. Awesome match. Uh, go versus Fujita from uh, March 29th. Like, four matches in the top five are all co-matches, because number four is Go versus Sugiyara, which was my match of the year.
1: Mm.
0: Had Naito versus Okada in fifth. Go and Keno in sixth. A little high for my taste, but I still really like that match a lot, lot too. Uh, Yuka and Mizuki from November. Uh, That was an awesome match. That was from uh, Russell Princess. Definitely recommend checking that out. And then, uh, out of the blue, uh, number eight is Undertaker versus AJ Styles in the Boneyard match. That's a uh, You don't
1: pick one and it's not even fucking uh, Yoshiko Yoshiko, and fucking uh, mm-hmm. Takashita wrong. That one was boring to me. I hated that one. <laughs> Everyone liked that one and I didn't.
0: Yeah, well, I don't
1: even I just like the uh, Bray and Cena better. Anyway. Yeah, I kind of like Bray
0: and Cena better too. Uh, that number two is
1: MAGA Battle, so I didn't <laughs> give a fuck.
0: Uh, number nine is Endo and Sasaki. That's a little high for me That's too. That's a little but... high for me too. And then Okada Bushi, not very surprising. Uh, top 10 promotions, uh, th- th- there's some surprises in this one. Uh, number one, New Japan, totally not a surprise because, I mean, it's internet smarts in Japan voting on it. They're going to vote New Japan number one, but no is number two, DDT is three, Stardom's four, Muscle is five, That's that one's out of left field for me, a promotion that runs like twice a year <laughs> for DDT. Uh, six is Tokyo Joshi, seven is AEW. Number eight is Choco Pro, which that, again, very surprising to me, but... Good for them. Uh, All Japan is number nine, and then Ice Ribbon's tenth. Uh, Best tag team award number one is Dangerous Tuckers. No surprise there. They seem to be really popular in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is Astronauts. Three is Violence Giant. For some reason, <laughs> not like their team, but they did not do much a whole, whole lot this year. Uh, tag team award is weird because there's like a lot of stables. Like uh, number four is Donna Del Mundo. I'm like, I guess they, you can vote for stables for tag team of the year.
1: That's what I hate. I'm like, it's a stable, not... Unless it's, like, a specific one, but I don't think there was a specific, like, pairing. Yeah, I you don't, don't, you don't think
0: they mentioned any specific yeah. teams. Especially because, uh, 6 and 7, but, uh, number 5 is Kanemaru and Despi. 6 and 7 is weird, because 6 is Sagira Gun, but then 7 is Sugiyura and Sakuraba, so I don't know. I guess 6 is the faction. I don't know. I
1: have no clue. Uh,
0: 8 is Damnation, and 9 is Empire, and 10 is Congo uh top five best shows uh four of them are new japan shows uh wrestle kingdom night two is first night one is second noah from uh november 22nd the show that had uh go versus nakajima that's third uh the jingu stadium show for new japan is fourth and the best super juniors world tag league final is fifth uh top 10 rookie of 2020 uh this is another weird um category for me because a lot of people i wouldn't really consider rookies anymore but number one yuya uemura for the third year in a row apparently uh hiato tomorrow second suzu suzuki's third gabriel kid four, utami five uh yoda suji six, mei suruga yeah May suruga not suruga. i am saying but seventh uh kenya eight dan tamara nine and saya Kamatani at ten and the 2020 mvp list some very surprising stuff in this as well, <laughs> uh, number one is Goshi Izaki, two is Tetsuya Naito, three, Haruma Takahashi, uh, four, Tetsuya Endo, Minoru Fujita is fifth, for some reason, <laughs> I'm very happy for the dude, but that's just a weird pick for me, uh, six is Kota Ibushi, El Desperado is seven, Kenta is eight, Asuka from Da is nine, and Katahika Nakajima is tenth, and a little note about the first through third, um, Go's total points doubled in Naito's for MVP. Uh, Go had 2023 20, and Naito had 1098, and then Hiromu in third had 604 points. And I do want to point out also for looking down further, that's like a full list. I don't know how many people they had, but do you want to guess how uh, what number Okada was?
1: Oh, I saw this. I know what it is. Yeah, 45. I
0: or 44 it was 49. Or 49th. I know he's in the 40s, and that's he, just he's
1: pretty low, something like that. Yeah.
0: Man it is washed. Fucking Sonata was above him at, like, 35.
1: King.
0: I think Taichi was at 28, so...
1: Oof.
0: There's some interesting uh, voting here. But just goes to show you that Okada is washed, and he's <laughs> on <the> downturn. <laughs> but uh, let's go through the rest of the news. There's not a whole lot, really. Uh, just tap out news. Uh, Arada beat Shota for, to become the new independent junior heavyweight champion. Uh, Basara uh, Rushi Sekene will be stepping away, taking some time off from wrestling in February to focus on his mental health, so... Hopefully, time off does them some good. Uh, Joshi News. The January 31st Assemble Show was canceled by the venue, so mm-hmm. that's a shame, but not surprising considering cases are going up pretty rapidly in Japan right now. Yeah. Uh, Sari is wrapping up her time in Japan this month and Bye. is preparing to head off to the U.S. to finally join Dodai.
1: Bye.
0: Hopefully, she takes the seedling title tag titles with her and just they never drop the belts.
1: Oh my god, that'd be fucking amazing!
0: No, I think they're fa- I forget who they're facing, but they're Shit, gonna I forget drop it. them. Uh, like, I think it's the 22nd, is that last seedling show? Something like that. Yeah,
1: I, see, I forget who they're actually facing.
0: Uh, let's see, stardom news. Uh, Utami and Julia both retain their titles on the 17th Cork and Hall show.
1: And so and, did Saya. Oh, or yeah, Isaya, or
0: who did she face? She
1: faced Unagi. Oh, okay, or whatever the fuck her name is now. I don't fucking know
0: her. Saya, Some, Sayaka Tumagi. Unagi, yeah. Whatever. I think that's her name now.
1: I don't pay no goddamn <laughs> attention to stardom, barely, so...
0: Oh, yeah, I didn't even put this down, but uh, Natsumi Poi uh, signed officially to stardom, too.
1: I ain't calling her no Natsumi either.
0: <laughs> but um, after the main event of the show, uh, Saya Kamatani came out to challenge for the Red Belt at Budokan, <sighs> and... It's a It's interesting. Like, I'm not against it. It's just weird to me. I mean, it's not going to be the main event, anyway, because it's going to be Mai- Mayu and uh, Yoshiko, probably. But, yeah, it's just a weird matchup for them. and
1: Like you said, it's probably because they couldn't get Kyrie.
0: Yeah, because that probably was the plan because they both wanted that match. And then WWE was like, nah, can't do that Four. shit. <laughs> but I'm surprised Julia retained. I really expected go to win. But at the end of the day, I think it's a good thing that Julia retained because it keeps her away from the red belt a little bit longer. Because if, yes. she, if she doesn't have the white belt, it's just inevitable that she's going to challenge for the red belt. So,
1: Whatever.
0: It, uh, Big Japan news, uh, not necessarily Big Japan news, but it affects Big Japan, is uh, L Lindemann tested positive for COVID, which requires his tag team partner t to quarantine. Uh, T-Hawk was scheduled to face Yuya Aoki in a singles match on the 19th, but he's been replaced by Kumarashi. Uh, very good replacement, I think. That should be an awesome match. Uh, Dragon Gate news, uh, SP Kento suffered a back injury, but and had to miss a few shows, but he's already set to make his return on the 19th, so wasn't out that long.
1: Yay!
0: And, uh, UT and Takedo Kamei are the new Natural Vibes members after passing the audition. Uh, we haven't watched that show yet, but mm-hmm. um very excited for these two to join. Great additions to Natural Vibes. I love that Punch Tobinaga auditioned anyway, even though KZ already told him he's not going to let him in. <laughs> <laughs> but that was great. I, think, I forget who else was in the uh, audition. I think Kness was. I don't know. If was K- I, don't know. I didn't really We yeah, haven't watch those, so I'm not sure. So that's really all I'm seeing is off what I saw on Twitter. Let's see. Uh, new Japan News. We... As we mentioned in the last pod, they were announcing the New Beginning cards right after we recorded. Always. So
1: they always do it.
0: We can go through. Uh, I kind of singled out what the big show is worth checking out because there's a ton of fluff during this tour.
1: Yes, like Th- usual.
0: But there's good stuff on at least some of these shows.
1: So.
0: uh I think, honestly, the biggest show for me is probably the January 23rd show in Oda Ward, which has the uh, IWGP Junior Tag Title match with uh, Bullet Club ch- challenging uh, Suzuki Gun in the main event. Mm. And then has a big uh, Hontai vs. L.I.J. elimination tag in the semi-main. And we got the uh, reunion of Jado and Ghetto in the opener. <laughs> oh my god. But no, I'm at least excited for those uh, that elimination tag match. It's, they're uh, always really good, especially when they're L.I.J. involved. Uh, January 30th, uh, the first New Beginning show in, in Nagoya. A never title match between Shingo and Tana, that, which should be great. Uh, Kojima has to try and carry Osprey. And... <laughs> Oka and Tenzan is going to be a fucking beast battle. I can't wait for that. But honestly, actually, I think that's probably like the best card of this tour. Mostly just because of our um, Shingo and Tana made event. And I think Oka and Tenzan is going to be f- stupid fun. But uh, number are the, and then those are the only shows in January worth checking out. Honestly, like I'd skip any of the road Two shows and then February 10th and 11th are the last actual new beginning shows. Neither card looks particularly that good. To be honest, I'd, Honestly, I don't know why they're doing two nights.
1: They don't either.
0: Like I, if you <laughs> if you combine these into one show, I think it'd probably be a pretty good show. But separated, it's not that good, especially the second night. Uh, night one is uh, in Hiroshima. Uh, main event is Hiromu and Show main eventing for the IWGP Junior. My boy. I fucking knew they were going to have Haramu main event. I'm kind of dreading this match, to be honest. It'll probably be good. I just, I don't. they're going to go like way too long for no reason.
1: Oh, they will. That's always the problem, so whatever.
0: Oh, uh, We got G.O.D. versus Techers for the IWGP heavyweight tag. That should be pretty good. And then Wato and Bushi. So, those Interesting. Are the, those are the main big matches on that show. And Night 2, February 11th, also in Hir- Hiroshima, there's only one match that matters and it's the main event. It's Andrew. uh Abuchi versus Sonata for the double gold. Everything else, like it's just multi man tags and like nothing to do. Yeah. Like I don't get the point. Like the second they biggest don't
1: either. The second so. biggest
0: match on the show is fucking Okada and uh fuck I forgot who he's teaming with. Whoever he's teaming with versus um evil and Togo.
1: Right.
0: So that's something it's gonna set up Evil and Okada for castle attack probably. But, yeah, there's nothing really on Night 2. And I already know a lot of people are down on Ibushi Tsunada because is involved. <laughs> yeah, I was
1: going to say, that's why.
0: It'll probably be a decent match. I, I, I like their uh, G1 final, but it wasn't anything like stellar or anything. Mm. But that's all the news. So let's get into the airings this week. Uh, DT and Tokyo Joshi both aired live on Rust Universe, January 16th. Uh, New Japan's Road to New Beginning started January 17th and 18th on New Japan World. And will continue on the 19th and 23rd. Starting out a show on January 17th with some matches already hit in world, so check those out. And they will have a doubleheader in Eddie On Arena January 24th. Uh, Ice Ribbon from December 31st aired on Nico Pro January 17th. Seedling January 11th aired on Samurai January 17th. Ice Ribbon January 9th aired on Nico Pro January 18th. Noah January 16th will air on Russell Universe January 19th. Uh, Big Japan will air live on Nico pay per view January 19th. Dragon Gate aired live on Dragon Gate Network January 17th. Uh, Gumburai January 17th hits Wrestle Universe January 20th. Uh, both DT shows from the 17th will hit Wrestle Universe also on the 20th. Freedoms airs live on Nico pay per view January 21st. Big Japan January 11th airs on Samurai January 21st. Noah has a show on January 22nd, which I'm assuming will be added to Wrestle Universe but hasn't been put on the schedule yet. And All Japan airs live on All Japan TV January twenty fourth. Uh, New Japan or uh, for weekly airings. Uh, New Japan Strong is going to happen Friday at ten Eastern. We actually know one of the matches this week, and it's uh, Ren Narita versus Tyler Bateman. Mm, that's gonna that's interesting. <laughs> but uh, Impact Tuesday at eight Eastern. Uh, no card's been announced yet, but not surprising since it's right after a pay per view. Though uh, there's reports that Taurus was at the taping, so very excited for that in the coming months, hopefully. Whenever that happens or whenever it hits TV, uh, AW Wednesday at eight Eastern, uh, got a tag match. The inner circle tag team challenge, um, Santana and Ortiz versus MJF and Chris Jericho versus Sammy Guevara and Jack Hager. Uh, okay. (laughs) Uh, singles match, uh, John Moxley versus somebody, uh, Penelope Ford versus Layla Hirsch. It was originally supposed to be Nyla Rose in for Penelope, but Nyla came in contact with someone, who uh, tested positive for COVID, so she's quarantining out of safety precaution. She hasn't tested positive herself, at least that's what she said on, didn't say it on Twitter, is that she came in contact with someone who had. We're getting a birthday celebration match for uh, Brody Lee Jr. It's uh, Hangman, Adam Page, versus, or, and the Dark Order, uh, Cabana, Silver, and Reynolds, versus the Hybrid 2 and Chaos Project. They're gonna do a Miro segment with Chucky T as his new butler. That's gonna be uh, interesting uh Matt Sidell and Top Flight versus Matt Hardy and Private Party and Cody versus Peter Avalon. <sighs> not the best show looking at F it.
1: not, no.
0: Uh, NXT Wednesday at 8 also. More uh, dusty classic uh tag team matches uh Gargano and Theory versus uh Ruff and Kushida Imperium versus Lucha House Party. Uh Casey Konzaro Cot- and Kaden Carter versus Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm and Champa and Thatcher in a fight pit match cuz it got postponed before i forget when it was i think it was to be new year's evil when it was really yeah, supposed to it happen was. yeah i still can't believe i tried to call it that uh let's see and lastly uh mlw wednesday at eight uh davari set to debut he's uh the newest member of contra unit fatuda defends the title against ach they're doing some Lawler segment and alicia uh, tout is interviewing selena about all this lucha underground bullshit mm-hmm. but that is it for all the airing so uh Let's do our little uh, one wrestling roundup where we discuss all the wrestling we watched that wasn't part of the, one of the main topics. A uh, lot, mostly uh, Western stuff this week. I think it's all Western stuff for you this week. I don't think you watched anything. Nope. Well, we, we watched EDC together, so let's oh, yeah, let's, sort of. let's start with that. Not a whole lot to say about it, really. Mm, yeah. From a it was the EDC show from January 16th, and uh, honestly, this was barely a EDC show. Like they had like four of their own guys on it. Everyone else was like people from other promotions, or like Gunbarae, or outside promotions, and uh, it was very much just a house show, so I know you need to check it out, and I don't think there's anything worthwhile on it, like the main, we didn't
1: get to, we didn't get to the last match,
0: yeah, the main event was Keigo versus Okatani, I heard that
1: that was good, but yeah, I went to bed after, (laughs) after but,
0: really like the marquee match was Akido versus Toro from Freedoms, and, uh, that was disappointing, yeah, it was really disappointing, very, very,
1: very disappointing,
0: I was really excited for that when I saw it was announced, but then, it happened, (laughs) I don't know, (laughs)
1: Like It felt like nothing really happened every time I kept looking up. I was like, they've been in the same position for a while.
0: It kind of felt like the matches during Akido's uh, Do yeah, run. Yeah, that's,
1: that's exactly what it reminded me of. And I was like, well, that's a yikes for me.
0: But uh, other Japanese shit we watched, at least I watched, was uh, Big Japan from uh, January, fir- uh, January 2nd. But I heard the show was uh, clipped to hell, so I pretty much just skipped the semi-main, and I didn't really feel like watching the main event. But the semi-main event was Okabayashi versus Nakanoe for the strong title, and this was fucking awesome. Like, exactly what you'd expect from these two. I really didn't expect Nakanoe to win here when the match was announced, but uh, the match was incredible, and I'm so happy for this dude. I wish it had happened in front of like a normal crowd where they could like react and stuff, because it's really a big moment for him getting this title, but it is what it is. I'm just happy he won it, and I'm curious. I'm interested to see how his uh, title ring goes. Uh, for Western shit, uh, I watched MLW fi- again from uh january 13th and uh don't have a whole lot to say about it other than uh pillman getting murdered by mil Morites is fucking hilarious and uh yeah nothing else really on that show worth checking out but if you want to see pillman get fucking killed by mil Morites, i check that out at least uh AEW from uh january 13th uh kicked the show kicked off with pack and eddie and i thought that was pretty good really one-sided for the most part because pack ate that man alive which is really surprising but good for him uh this Hardy and private party shit feels really rushed already. Like, it, yeah. I don't know what they're doing. Like, I don't think it's a bad angle they're doing with them.
1: I don't care really.
0: <laughs> but at least I'd rather watch this and have Matt Hardy actually wrestle.
1: True. Good point.
0: But, which he's wrestling this week, so I can't really say anything. But, um, yeah, it feels like they're really rushing to the fact like, oh, this guy swindled us kind of thing when they literally just signed the contracts last week and now they're already getting annoyed in that. So I don't know. Uh, the inner circle shit was dumb as usual. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't even remember what they even said. Oh my god!
0: It was all them I just f-
1: know Hager kept yelling championships or something. Oh, it's like tag team. Yeah, they're stuff. fighting over
0: the tag team oh, stuff because I think um fuck, Jericho wanted to team with uh, MJF to challenge for the tag titles. I think
1: something like that. Yeah, and
0: Santino yeah, yeah. Ortiz were getting mad about that. They're like they're
1: uh, like we're the tag yeah. team in the group. Yes, yeah, like something.
0: y'all. Yes, like y'all got like he's telling Chris like yeah you got us to be the tag team in pro- yeah. in Dinner uh, Circle and then. Uh, I like the uh, I f I can't remember if it was Santana or Ortiz. was like he was going to sh- uh, shake MJF's hand. Is like it's like why your hand darker than your face? Because <laughs> of the suntan. But um Dark Order and Hangman shit rules. I'm really excited for this interaction of uh, the stuff they're doing with them. And uh that post match of Kenny's match was a hot mess with uh getting the bullet club Terrible. Bullet Club 2 electric boogaloo going on here. And uh really the only good portion of whatever that segment was like that Brit segment. I knew it was going to be bad going in. Cause Brit's, Jade. but Jade was there and she's kind of saved that whole thing. And we had like weird jump cuts where it was like they're in the middle of yeah, something. Very they, then they go to some thunder attacking Brit like previously, I guess. I don't know. It was really weird cuts in that show. And uh, I think other stuff happened in the show, but I don't really remember it. Honestly. I don't either. Uh, but in the uh, last show we're going to talk about before we get into our main topics, was uh, impacts hard to kill from January sixteenth, and that's uh, for
1: fucking sure. It's hard to kill.
0: Yeah, that that was an interesting show. <laughs> uh, there was no reason like I would not watch the show. Honestly, like I think there's only two matches really worth your time, and even then, they're they were just good. Two. Like um.
1: Two. There's like nothing good on this shit. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about?
0: I don't know. I, I, okay, well let's talk about it real quick. Um, uh, first match. Was a six-man old-school rules match. That match sucked, and it—that was
1: w- very disappointing.
0: Doring ring looked really good, at least in it. Like them thinking chairs would work on him was really funny. Like all of them beating him down with chairs. But well, one the chair shots looked like shit, half half of them. But it was really funny, and uh, I like they. Uh, I don't know what the fuck they're doing with Jake something. Like he. Fu- they don't know. Why How did How the he- fuck
1: do you mess up Jake something that bad?
0: I don't know why he got pinned in this like
1: that's what like, i didn't you literally had two other old fucking people that could have got pinned like
0: like i know dreamers the booker and I guess that's probably why i didn't want to fucking get pinned but still um, like i didn't it's, even know that it's so stupid but and like he's still coming out with like the deaner music even though cody's yeah. obviously moved on he's not cody deaner anymore it's deaner <laughs> i love that fucking name though like it's such fucking redneck shit but yeah i like what th- What are they called uh during uh, eric and Deener. i don't
1: know i forget what they said
0: they have some name. Yeah, it's I, it's, some
1: name. I forget what it is. it's actually is. pretty I'm
0: good, but I can't out. remember what it is. Why but it is? yeah, anyway, that match sucked. Uh, women's tag match also sucked. sucked, but uh, who I expected to win did win, so beyond that, it's not that surprising. Winter sucks. So. I still don't know why they had fucking Nevea and Havoc be the, in the finals, but.
1: Because they're. Never mind. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I, I think not
0: say anything. <laughs> I think the X Division title match was pretty good. Was, huh? Was, like, I think it was better than their previous matches. But, uh, Joker, TJP won, so, uh... Imagine
1: actually having a take just because TJP's in it.
0: Uh, the fucking commentary was, like, trying to sell that it wasn't TJP, and I was like, it's obviously him.
1: That was so annoying. I was like, shut up.
0: They're, they were actually pretty decent on commentary, though, overall. It's just that match, like, kind of made them look stupid, because, like, oh, you supposed to pretend know, it's still had, manic. Yeah,
1: it sucks that they have to pretend, because it's like, we all fucking know.
0: Uh, that women's title yeah. match happened it was okay but i don't know it's
1: i don't even remember anything from it
0: honestly i remember fucking uh rosemary and crazy steve getting thrown out more than anything oh, else Oh yeah
1: that's right that did happen didn't it?
0: and why the fuck would you do that when a, in a match with no crowd yeah the, I whole, know. the whole point of that match like that, that kind of spot is to get the crowd going or whatever i guess fell out of place and uh but the main event was pretty good at least uh moose, like moose went fucking crazy and okay. it's hilarious how much kenny and the good brothers are riding their fake bullet club shit <laughs> like with Kenny wearing his old uh, Bullet Club Halloween shirt and Gallows wearing uh, his Bullet Club gear, I guess it's fine to do it as long as they don't mention Bullet Club. But them wearing the gear and it's like, I'm pretty sure it's there just to piss off Tomatonga. <laughs> but yeah, um, overall uh, not worth checking out the show. To be honest, I'd skip it if I were you.
1: I'd skip everything.
0: Yeah, honestly, I'd just skip the whole show. But I, well, I'll be curious to see if the buys are any bigger for this. You'd think they should be because I mean, it's fucking Kenny Omega showing up. But if it doesn't, that's not a good look for Kenny being a draw. Good, 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 <laughs> and um, good,
1: I hope they flop.
0: And either way, um, imagine uh, getting, possibly getting so many big bo- big views on your show and then putting on that show. Like, that's
1: my thing. I'm like, oh, we didn't talk about the Karate Man. Oh, fuck yeah. I forgot about How the Karate the Man do you shit. How the No, don't skip You're that good. part. You're don't skip about that about part. It? Why? Why me?
0: You seem to like that bitch.
1: <laughs> I don't like it. It's just funny. But, it's, well, come to find out, I shouldn't like it. But... <laughs> Well, I mean, it's basically just, obviously, fucking, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just really poorly edited, like, fighting from Karate Man and Ethan, and then at the end, fucking Ethan gets his heart ripped out by the Karate Man, so it's pretty much just his way of saying goodbye, but the editing is so fucking poor. Yeah. And I'm sure you all have seen what Ethan has said, so.
0: Yeah, Impact loves killing people, apparently, like.
1: Yeah, they killed um, oh. Allie uh, probably some other people. I can't remember. They literally
0: just killed Johnny Bravo like, a couple weeks ago, whatever. They're... Oh, that's another thing. He with... didn't...
1: I don't think he died. He's in a coma or something. Oh, oh, I, I
0: don't, don't know. know. Speaking of, but that reminded me, during the show they had like AC Romero going around backstage and he was like creeping in the women's locker room looking for clues or something. I don't Like, why would you have a guy going through the women's locker room? That's weird. But anyway, enough about all that. Let's talk about the uh, main shows we're going to talk about uh we're gonna start off with dragon gate with the um first cork and all show uh open the new year's gate 2021 day three from november or january 12th uh overall i thought it was a really good show but uh not much that's must see there's one match in particular i think you should go out of your way to see but it's entirely bit depends on how much you buy into bb and kai's tag team but the rest of the show isn't a whole lot of, I mean, it's, it's all good stuff but it's not like if you want to skip the show it's not going to hurt you or anything i guess uh, first match was uh, Team Boku Rio Saito and Bokutomo Dragon defeating Don Fuji and Kenichiro Arai in 922, and I thought the match was alright. I just, but I just love, I just fucking love Bokutomo, man. He's just so fucking stupid doing his little Ultimo parody gimmick. It's so funny, but that's really like the highlight of the match. Just a decent little opener. What'd you think?
1: Yeah, pretty much the same thing.
0: Uh, next match was R.E.D. Ada, Kaido Ishida Hyo, and Hip Hop Kikuta defeating Ultimo Dragon. Masaki Mojizuki, uh, Yasushi Konda, and Gamma in nine minutes. Uh, Konda's still rocking the Toriyama shirt even though the unit's dead. It's pretty funny. I guess he didn't feel like coming up with new gear anymore because he's still wearing all the blue and shit for Toriyama. Uh, match started off with R.E.D. getting up on one of the guys on the other side. I forget who it was, but then Kikuda tried the same shit on Mochi, and it did not work out for him, that's for sure. Uh, not sure why that kid tried to have a strike battle with him because you're going to lose that one. But yeah, it was a typical R.E.D. match with the shithead youth assaulting the elderly. Occasionally getting their, their comeuppance, including a segment where all of R.E.D. was put into submissions, but still won in the end, and that was a pretty solid match.
1: Main thing I got from this match was that Ishida doesn't have his cool hair anymore, so that makes me really sad. Um, <laughs> he took the braids out, so I'm like, boo. Um, overall, I, th- I I liked it. I thought it was fun. Like you said, it's typical R.E.D. stuff, but I like typical R.E.D. <laughs> stuff, I guess. Um, oh, did... Did, did you mention Hyo got the win?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I, mean, I think I mentioned it on the second match, but okay. yeah.
1: I know. I definitely... I think I mentioned it twice, but I don't remember. But yeah, he got the win here, so yay! Yeah, boy Hyo got a
0: win. Let's go. Even though
1: he had to kick a... You know, it's a low blow, but whatever. We don't care.
0: It don't and work. Kate wins in this and house. Yeah, I say as long as you win, that's all that matters. Uh, next match was KTK uh defeating Punch Tomonaga in three minutes. In a short match, uh Tomanaga was smart to try and attack Okuda before the bell to try and weaken him a bit, but... He took control for a bit until Akuta just got fed up and killed the guy with a kick. That was like that finish, a knockout, was fucking awesome. But, yeah, quick little three-minute match.
1: I guess I could say Rip Punch, but this is only part one of that for the episode. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, next match was uh, Shun Skywalker, La Australia and Dragon Kid defeating Yamato, Shuji and Kagatora in 813. And my main takeaway from this was really, Australia has some really, like, very interesting offensive times. Like, this dude just tries so much weird stuff. Kind of a weird comparison, but it's kind of like Sayakamitani and Stardom. They're both like really young wrestlers, but seem unafraid to try all this fancy offense. Doesn't always look like the crispest, cri- most crisp, but it works for them. And uh, beyond that, Dragon Kid was definitely like the highlight of the match for me.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I think the match itself was it was fine, it was alright. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree. I think Australia's not, you know, he's not shy on uh, trying new things out. So at least that gets me excited for whatever match he'll be in.
0: Uh, next match, uh, Natural Vibes, KZ, Susumu, Yokosuka, and Genki Horiguchi defeated R.E.D. Takashi Yoshida, Kazuma Sakamoto, and S.P. Kento in 12:28. 28 uh, So happy to see Natural Vibes back together. Like, I never thought we'd see them back, and they were my favorite faction, really, whenever I first jumped into Dragon Gate. Well, other than R.E.D., they're pretty much always been, like, my favorite unit in the company, but uh, they tried to jump R.E.D. before the bell. Didn't really work out for them. S.P. was really, re- like, was wrestling in his hat until KZ, like, took it from him and threw it back and followed up by a punch. Uh, Yoshida was acting really strange in this match, almost like his heart wasn't in it. Uh, not sure how to really de- describe it, but his facials this whole match were just interesting to watch, especially, like, the shocked look on his face when, uh, he removed the turnbuckle pad and SBK got thrown into it, but then he, like, lost his fucking mind after the match, like, yelling and shit, and I'm like, I don't know. It's more of a story match, uh, set up for what happened the second night with Yoshida, but, yeah, overall pretty good match.
1: I was gonna say, yeah, uh, not really surprised at the result, you know, once you, uh, get to the next... Once you get to the next uh, show, it makes more sense what happens. But, yeah, I thought, I thought the match was pretty decent. Like you said, happy to... Well, actually, this is kind of, I guess, my first look at Natural Vibes since I didn't really watch uh, Dragon Gate when they were still a big thing, I guess. But, yeah, I'm excited to see more of them down the road.
0: Got to have our uh, Casey and his weed colors again. Yes. <laughs> but, uh... I'm just very happy uh, Casey's a stable leader again. I love that. Because he's like my guy in Dragon Gate. But uh, now the main event, the Open the Twin Gate title match. R.E.D., BB, Hulk, and Kai defeated Masquerade, Koda Minora, and Jason Lee in 1818. And the amount of sleeves coming off Kai and BB is like disgusting. Like the way they're like, I uh, think fucking Kai when they were coming out is like laid out on the fucking uh, bleachers before heading up to the ring. And I don't know, I just love these dudes. But I'll, I'll let Caitlyn talk about Hulk's hair, so I won't mention it. But uh, the combination of Jason and Coda's amazing ring work and the grimy heel work from BB Kai, I thought this was just an awesome match. Uh, Kai and BB being so over dramatic during the finishing sequence was so good. And I don't know, it's just a great main event. And the, this really breezy show, like, this is another show that was only like two hours long because of the COVID restrictions. So I'm very much not complaining about that because we were able to knock out these shows very quickly. But yeah, overall, uh, awesome fucking match. Uh, definitely check it out.
1: Yeah, I think you could probably actually watch this in less than two hours. Like if you skip the opening beginning stuff, which is I forget who was on there at I first. Think it was, Casey. was it Casey? I think it was Casey. Okay, I thought it was him, but yeah, I think if you skip even that part, it'll at least knock it down to under a little bit under two hours.
0: Yeah, probably be like an hour and a half, something like that.
1: Yeah. Um But yeah, BB's hair. Um He has a haircut. It's more of like the old style. So, if you kind of know what I'm talking about, it's not like mohawkie, I guess. I don't know. It's a weird. It's, it's a BB hairstyle, so there you go. Um, but yeah, I already missed the long hair, because that's what I love the most. But, eh, I mean, it works for him, so whatever. I can't really blame him. If he got tired of having it in his face, I definitely don't blame him there, because that would have been fucking annoying for me. Um, but overall, I, I really like the match. I think, um,. I think Minura and uh, Jason are a really good tag team. It just sucks that Jason is, like, always the one that has to eat the falls. But uh,
0: Yeah, I'll talk about that when we get to, like, the night, too, because I have a little bit mm-hmm. to say about that, but I'll save that <laughs> save for that when we for, talk about yeah. the match.
1: Well, yeah, I thought it was a really good match, and I I, I love this laziness from BB and Kai. They're, when they pin, it's just, like, the laziest thing in the world, and it's awesome.
0: Yeah, I feel like I need to take a bath after watching BB and Kai. Like, it's they're, they're so fucking gross. It's awesome.
1: I love it. But my slime
0: balls. But, uh, yeah, that's, that shows. So let's uh, talk about the second night in Korkin, uh from uh, January er, January 13th. And I said it on Twitter, but both these shows gave me, like, a similar feeling to the All Japan Doubleheader and in earlier this month. Uh, both were good shows. Only one had anything stand out, and the other one was good, but definitely a downgrade from the previous night. The night I just spoke of would be this one. It was definitely kind of a downgrade compared to night one in Korkin for Dragon Gate. Like, I like the show, but if you're just looking for the hits, I would to this honestly, because mostly the stuff that hit for me was, like, the comedy spots in a lot of yeah. the matches. Nothing was really, like, stand out for, like, ring work for me, personally. But, uh, let's see. Opening match was uh, Don Fuji, Gamma, Sh- and Shuji Kondo defeating Kagatora, Kenichiro Arai, and Yasushi Kondo. Uh, I thought it was a good old guy fight to take off the show, but I didn't don't really have a take on it, to be honest. Other than Gamma seemed really motivated. Like, he was, like, had a stick, and he was, like, waving it around to people before the match, and... I don't know, he seemed really motivated in the match, but beyond that, I don't know. It was fine.
1: I was going to say decent opener, but not really much to say besides that. Um, Yeah.
0: Uh, Second match was RED Ada and Hyo defeating Keisuke Okuda and Masaki Mojizuki in 621. And a a quick match, mostly just RED heel antics, including Hyo holding this metal rod into Okuda's gut, while Ada hit it with a hammer, which is really funny. And then my boy Hyo... Out here getting back-to-back pinfalls, and you love to see it. Even if it's cheating, I don't really care. The boy wins, and that's an important thing. But, yeah, overall, it's just a quick little uh, R.E.D. match. Not much else to say about it.
1: Yeah, this definitely just felt like R.E.D. in control the whole time. Not the whole time, but majority of it. But, I mean, I liked it. It fun. Whatever.
0: And next match, uh, Keisuke Okuda defeated Punch <laughs> Tomonaga in 11 seconds, and... It like right after that R D match, uh, Punch came out demanding a match with Okuda, and like I said, got beaten 11 seconds. And I thought it was good shit. Pr- pretty sure he didn't. He said he didn't remember getting beat by Okuda the night before, so that's why he came out demanding a match. <laughs> but uh, if that's what I, I think that's what I heard. I don't know, but if it is, that's just really funny. Like he got so fucking knocked out by Okuda's kick last night, he just re- forgot the entire match happened. I guess. But yeah, overall, little. You know, what do you say about a 11 second match? That was Yeah, fun. I was
1: gonna say yeah. Uh...
0: But right after that, uh, next match with Bokuto Dragon and Ultimo Dragon defeating Team Boku, uh, Punch Tomonaga and Rio Saito in 928, they made my guy Tomonaga wrestle another match right after losing that Okotoku to. Okuda.
1: He was just laid out.
0: Yeah, like Saito was like kind of laughing when he came to the ring for the match too, because like she said, like uh, Punch was like just laid out dead. Uh, Saito did check on him to make sure like, oh you you you're okay to wrestle, right? <laughs> Basically, but um, yeah. Uh, Boktimo had me uh, laughing several times in this match, and uh, even Ultimo continually dodging punches, headbutts pretty funny, and I wouldn't call it a comedy match, but it was definitely a silly match, yeah. and I don't know, I had fun with it, just, I mean, I always enjoy Boktimo matches.
1: I think that's a good point, yeah, it wasn't like full-out comedy, but it was definitely a silly match, so even if you're kind of on the edge of not, you know, enjoying comedy matches, yeah, it's, it leans more towards that, but that's fine, because I liked it too, I'd got some laughs out of it so that's really all that mattered
0: yeah and the finish came with Boktomo and Ultimo both uh doing uh, magistrals on mm. team Boku to pick up the win so that was pretty cool uh next match was RED BB Hulk Kai Kaido Ishida and Hip Hop Kikuda defeating Masquerade Jason Lee Kota Minora Lost Rea, and Shun Skywalker and 941 and a uh, really good sprint here could just continue with action they did that same spot Kyo and Ada did earlier in the mat, earlier in the show, but instead of a hammer they used like he should have, like case whatever yes. that is. And whatever it is he brings to the ring. But then they broke the case because the metal that's pole went into great. it. Um Jason got a lot of punishment in this and she already mentioned it, but it's a real shame that uh, he's the lost post for Masquerade, but uh looking at them I'm not sure who else really would be.
1: Yeah. Like you can't beat straight again. Yeah, that's the problem with Masquerade, it's like someone's gonna have to do it and it's obviously not gonna be Shun yeah, obviously not Shun because right? yeah. you, you can't
0: be Shun yet.
1: Yeah.
0: Like I said, Australia can't be beat yet either, really.
1: Yeah.
0: And if pretty much if it's between Jason and Coda.
1: so I think it, it, I'd,
0: I'd probably pick Jason to be yeah, the penitor yeah, too. Especially because I think Jason is just great at doing like hope spots and fiery baby fast comebacks and shit. And you can always bite on his offense at the end, like when he's trying to survive. Basically, like him and Kai at the end was just excellent stuff, and Kai had the laziest fucking pin on Jason to That's win the true. match, and it was great. I loved it. But yeah, overall a uh, pretty good match.
1: Yeah, definitely liked this one too. Um, thought it was pretty good. Uh my favorite part was probably the closing <laughs> sequence just with Kai and Jason. I thought that was really good shit. Um, but yeah, you pretty much you pretty much said it all, so
0: Uh next match was the semi Main Event, Dragon Kid and Yamato ended ver- without a winner as at a no contest in 15:49 and I didn't take any notes on this one. Like the match is kind of there. Like nothing super interesting really happened in it, really to me to be honest. Like it wasn't bad or anything. It just never drew me in and It ended in a no contest after R.E.D. attacked both guys. And uh, I guess we're getting Yamato and Dragon Kid uh, challenger for the tag titles. The the story's clearly still uh, Kai and Yamato. And I guess Dragon Kid's as good a partner as anyone to team up with him. But it seems like it's really just going to be, for the tag titles, mostly uh, Yamato and whatever tag partner of the month facing off with Kai and BB (laughs) until eventually he wins because it's going to happen eventually. But yeah, uh, not much to this match really.
1: Yeah, the match itself was just pretty was meh. I don't think that they were bad or anything. It's just like it was just kind of there for me. So I guess yeah, the whole R.E.D. thing was probably the most interesting part of it. But whatever. I'm curious to see how or where this goes.
0: And then we got the uh, main event for the Open the Triangle Gate titles. Uh, Natural Vibes Genki Horiguchi, K.Z. and Susumu defeated R.E.D. Uh, Kazum Sakamoto, S.B. Kento and Takashi Yoshida in 1343 and. In, uh, we didn't get the dance on either night, so we were fucking robbed. I need the fucking natural vibes dance. Like, what's the point of them I getting have back together? To get the
1: full people together.
0: I need this dance in my life. Plus, they probably wanted to cut time just because uh, the COVID yeah. stuff. So that's probably the real reason why they didn't do it. But still, but yeah, I like this match, and but I don't have any strong feelings about it really. Like honestly, the angle at the end is more important than the match itself. Mm. Like Yoshida trying to kick SBK out of R.E.D. only to get kicked out himself with some good stuff, and. uh not sure why he thought they'd side with him over spk because like spk like wins all the time and yoshida was literally the guy who just lost them the triangle gate titles so i don't know what he was thinking but yeah matt self was pretty good not anything crazy and uh interesting angle with uh, yoshida ended up teaming up with uh mochi senpai
1: (laughs) oh my god the whole mochi senpai thing was fucking great (laughs) But, yeah, I thought the match itself was good, too. Um, but, obviously, the stuff afterwards was more important again. But, that's okay. I I, I think we could have seen this coming, but I don't know. Like, even before the match, like, the night before, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think it was, like, pretty off- obvious yeah. that Yoshida was going to get kicked yeah. out
1: sometime soon. <laughs> it, it just felt that way leading up to it. But, he's gone now and, you know, the whole Mochi Senpai thing. <laughs> That was so good.
0: I'm curious if they'll like, become an actual stable or anything, because like, right now it's know. pretty much completely shuffle season for stables. Like, they, were, they were pairing up Okuda and Mochizuki a lot on these shows, too, so I could see like, Okuda, Mochizuki, Yoshida, and then, I don't know, someone else becoming a stable or something. I don't know. But yeah, overall, uh, two pretty good Knights of Korkin for Dragon Gate, but I think the only like, must-watch, show or must-watch match is the uh, Twin Gate title match. But let's end off the show talking about uh, Wrestle 1, Wrestle Wars 2020 from March 15th. Um, yeah, let's talk about my uh, favorite promotion here. <laughs> One of my favorite promotions. Uh, gonna spend a lot of this review just talking about WrestleOne 1 in general and just where these guys are now and like how different their past nine months have been compared to what I expected and stuff like that. Like, for any new listeners of the podcast, I was the man behind Wrestle 1 English Updates. I was running that shit from, like, 2018 until the doors closed. And this podcast even started as a Wrestle 1 podcast, if you go back and watch, listen to the archives. Like, the first, like, 10-ish episodes, I think, are all Wrestle 1 stuff. But then, Wrestle 1 got announced that it was dying. So, now we're doing everything. But, so, uh, that's, that's the whole reason the promo, uh, the podcast is called One Wrestling. So... It's promotion near and dear to my heart, so I'll probably talk way too much about these matches than I need to. But uh, let's kick off the show with the opening match. Uh, Niki defeated Kai Fujimura in 744. I'm glad these two got the spot, but uh, both are definitely doing better now than they were in March. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing really special about this match. Like, Nikki looked fucking great, which would kind of help explain why he got signed somewhere and Kai is kind of still floating around. Like honestly, Kai isn't as good of a wrestler as Nikki is, in my despite him starting earlier, like I like both, but uh, like both are great prospects. But I think Nikki limited himself by signing to two AW, two AW honestly, and now Kai's working to Noah, which has a much higher ceiling for him. So I think by the end, they'll. I think Kai is going to have a better um, career than Nikki at least early on. I guess we'll see what two AW what happens with two AW. But yeah, overall, uh, nothing crazy about this match. Uh, what do you think?
1: I was saying like nothing crazy, but I thought it was decent at least. Um I did think Nikki looked better than Kai here, but other than that I don't have too many strong takes on it.
0: Uh next match was Andy Wu, Alejandro, and El Hio del Pantera defeated uh Gantaki Tanaka, Ruki Honda, and Sushi in ten fifty three, and honestly the match kinda of is mid. It's like I'm not too it's not too surprising for an undercard match just to get everyone on the card. But it did absolutely nothing for me outside of like some of the comedy spots with Sushi's hat. <laughs> Though uh, the crowd seemed really into it, and Alejandro was over as hell, and it was just so weird having fans out to cheering when this was like still during COVID, so they probably shouldn't have been. And I even saw a lot of people without masks on in the crowd, so it uh, mm. wasn't the best thing. <laughs> but that's uh, for what they're doing. Oh, let you, you have any takes on the match?
1: The match itself was it was okay, I guess. Um, it was just the whole vocal crowd. I was just kind of like I kind of cringed. Because I was like, "Oh God! Like, why are you cheering?" I could understand if it was like right before, but even then, I'm like, "No, I don't know." It was just weird. Yeah, it was like basically right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, when, it was like
0: when it first right started to shut when down. It was,
1: yeah.
0: And I'm like, honestly, they shouldn't have had the show probably. They shouldn't but have had
1: the show. I like, get why
0: they did, but yeah. it's like, it's just I did not like that. There were some people in that crowd it, without it, masks on. It made on. me
1: uncomfortable.
0: And them like cheering, like it helped the atmosphere of the show, obviously. Yeah, it definitely because
1: helped,
0: but it was just like, oh God, it's
1: bad. don't do that.
0: <laughs> but uh. That's what these guys are doing now. Uh, Andy's really just doing Vamo star now, though he did challenge for the big Japan junior title last year and a pretty shit match, honestly. But uh Alejandro's bounced bouncing around everywhere. Really? I wish he had, fa- he, he had found a permanent home, but at least he's getting work. Like I always love him popping up in all Japan recently. And even though I thought he was going to be one of the, like a guy Kondo might've taken in with him to Dragon gate, but didn't happen. Obviously Uh Pantera's in Mexico. Not sure if he's really working anywhere, but I'd assume so. Hopefully once, Everything calms down. He can uh, come back to Japan because he was like a highlight of the cruiser division. Wrestle One. Uh, Tanaka's in Zero One as uh, Takafumi Now he's had his moments. He even pinned the Zero One champ in the Fire Festival last year, but he got an injury and which sidelined him up for a bit. And Honda just signed all Japan, and I think that's a perfect place for him to develop. I think. Uh, next match: Masato Tanaka, Jun Toncho and Picasso Illuminar defeated Shima, T Hawk, Issei Onizuka in 1029 and, uh, Picasso, Picasso, had, uh, faced Tanaka as part of his trial series, trial series earlier that year and teamed together in a three-way tag in February. So we kind of convinced, uh, Tanaka to team up with him in June for the show. Uh, Jean, uh, June, and Shima had a feud back when, uh, strong hearts first appeared in wrestle one in 2018. Like June even lost his name to Shima in the process, uh, changed his name to Tondokoro, which was a play on tone show since the Dokoro and show part of, of his last name, or Dokoro and Cho, can both be said with the same kanji. But uh, overall, I thought it was a solid match. Uh, Strong Hearts multi are always really a fun time. Uh, Picasso looked really good. It was so weird seeing him in a mask now mm-hmm. after months of him being Soma now. And Shima wa- went crazy in this match, but uh, him and T Hawk couldn't help that young boy Issei getting eaten or from eating the pin here. And yeah, it was just nice to see a little Strong Hearts multi-man. Always fun on Wrestle One shows.
1: I was gonna say I thought this was definitely um a fun match, but yeah, the one thing I just kept um I kept bringing up to him was I can't see Pegaso with the mask on anymore. It's just really weird. I'm like, why did they ever put him with a mask? But whatever, he's no longer that. So there you go. Um, but yeah, fun match. Shima was fucking wild. Yeah, he was going. I was off, like, what man. the fuck. <laughs> I was like, okay. I mean, I guess he wanted to go out with a bang with the last show, but yeah, just really fun stuff.
0: And, uh, <clears throat> as for what they're doing now, um, Tanaka is the zero one one champ. Uh, Strong Stronghearts are working for Whatever just about any company soft, yeah. that will pay them.
1: <laughs> you get money, they'll be there.
0: Uh, Picasso is now Soma Watanabe unmasked, and one of the faces of great... I still need to watch that zero one one match, even though I, I've heard it's clipped to hell, apparently. But, uh, Still, anyway, uh, he's got a promising future in a new company, hopefully. Uh, Tone Show, though, uh, his trajectory is really disappointing, man. Like, throw him into literally any junior division in the country, and he's going to be great and a shot of life into that division. But instead, he's working for a star. So uh, hopefully once things get normal, again, more companies will take a chance with him because I think, honestly, he had the best upside of any junior in Wrestle 1, in my opinion, especially because of his age and just his skill at such a young age. Like, you put him in somewhere, he's going to thrive, I think. Uh, next match, uh, uh, Shuji Kondo, Manabu Soya, Sega Tachibana, and L. Lindemann defeated Takenori Ito, Hajime, Mazada, and Toshizu in 14-12. And, okay, there's a lot to this one. Uh, Soya started this faction called War, War and Romance, with Lindeman. He tried to recruit Kondo for it, but Kondo refused to team up with him anymore after the two lost a tag title shot against Enfants in August, and then lost all the time in the Wrestle 1 Tag League that year in 2019. The two had a singles match in early 2020 where Kondo lost, or if Kondo lost, he would have to join war. But it went to a new contest when Takanori Ito attacked both guys in the match as part of his new heel turn in war against the old guys in Russell 1. Ito later revealed he had a heel master, which it turned out to be Mazada, who also brought in Toshizu. Then Ito recruited Hajime, who debuted his new gimmick on the show, and boy was it a debut. <laughs> but uh, thought the entrance for a war was great. Got uh Soya got to hear Soya's last or his old music again, and him and Lindeman even did karaoke to it, which also was awesome. uh Match was about what I expected it to be: uh, Ido's heel unit dominating the match, mostly only for the good guys to win in the end. After Hajime accidentally hits ito with his mannequin head, and all the faces hit big moves on him, giving Soya the win. And honestly, the match was not that great. Kind of got there in the end once Kondo tagged in though, but really like the reactions to Hajime's new gimmick was were hilarious and really the highlight of the match, and commentary calling him Joker rule, <laughs> but, yeah, really, like, the main thing about this match was, like, Hajime's new gimmick is how weird it is, and I loved Lindemann's reaction to it, because Hajime, like, threw the head to him, and Lindemann was, like, no, I am not know what <laughs> that, then, then Hajime, like, pet the head to make it feel better after Lindemann threw it on the ground, but, yeah, I don't know, it's kind of not a great match, but it's kind of fun.
1: I was gonna say, I think it was fun, but, like, from a work-rate perspective, yeah, it wasn't that great, but... I had fun just with all the stupid fucking silliness in it. That that old gimmick was great. Lindemann's always fucking funny. He always cracks me up with like his reactions and facial expressions. So that was a good choice on um, having those two together first. But yeah, it's like overall it was... It was... eh.
0: That's what they're doing. Uh, Kondo is back in Dragon Gate doing his thing. Soya is in Noah as part of Congo completely different character than he was in Russell 1. Like, I know you mentioned that, like, when you saw yeah. his outfit and stuff. You're like, he does not look anything like mm-hmm. the Congo version. It's weird. But uh, he's uh, been fairly pushed there, uh, getting a couple of title shots already. Uh, Tachibana was bouncing between DT and All Japan before he got injured, so hopefully once he comes back from injury, one of them signs him this year. Uh, Linda's bouncing around with Stronghearts and his current champ, junior Champion in one. Ido is another face of great. He slimmed down a lot, looks like he's prepped to be a star and... As long as they push him strongly, once the company actually gets going, and uh, Hajime is really just in star, still doing that uh, gimmick. Mizata um, hasn't really been working much since Wrestle One closed, and uh, Toshizu is in a, is in is working all Japan a lot lately, but just without the mask. Do you do you know who? Uh, no. He's a uh, Riji Hijikata.
1: Okay, I was like, I have no clue. Yeah,
0: Hijikata was wrestling Wrestle One all the time, only undercard stuff, but whenever they need him to don the mask again, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, next match, uh, Wrestle 1 Cruiserweight title match, Seiki Yoshioka defeated Heat in 2001. Uh, a lot of history for this one. Uh, Yoshioka is walk, walking in as champ, but this time last year, he had just won the Cruiserfest, booking his ticket to Oda Ward to regain the title that he's pretty much synonymous with. But in the Cruiserfest final, he was injured. So the runner-up, El Hijo del Pantera, took his spot and won the belt. Yoshioka eventually returned later that year, got his belt back. But then Heat moonwalked back into the company, disrespected all the juniors in the company, and won the Cruiser Fest in 2020. So now, uh, for this match, Yoshioka walks in as champ, and while he's turned his back on Wrestle 1 and joined Stronghearts, he wasn't happy with Heat returning and disrespecting the division and the company. So, this was a bit of a passing of the torch moment, even if the company was on its last legs. And, uh, we had a former champion, Minoru Tanaka, as Heat, here to put over Yoshioka. And, uh, Despite being uh, in a heel unit, Seiki was, like, the face in this match, de- like, defending the Wrestle 1 from this outsider, Heat. Worked uh, Heat worked great as a uh, heel just dominating Seiki, trying to take out his legs to soften him up for one of his many submissions. If they were going to do a leg match like this, I don't think it needed to be 20 because no. you could definitely feel the length of it, but I still thought it was a great match, and Seiki's leg selling was excellent. But, yeah, what would you think about the match? Uh,
1: Pretty much, like, my only real big main complaint from it was... um. They could have skimmed off at least like five minutes, I think. But other than that, I thought it was a pretty good match. It, it just, like you said, if it was going to be a leg match, I don't think it should, it should have went that long. I was kind of starting to feel it near the end. I was like, yeah, all right, this is definitely, uh, this, this could end any time now. But, yes, I mean, still overall it was good.
0: And uh, what they're doing now, uh, Seiki is signed to Noah, working as part of Full Throttle. And uh, he's about to win that fucking GHC Junior title next month, so let's go. Oh, if
1: he wins, I'll scream. I think he's going I to. I will literally scream. I
0: Everyone's mean, wouldn't surprise me either way, but I'm, I am have, have a feeling he's going to win. We're going to have a Wrestle 1 supremacy on uh, Noah. going to have no. Mudo, GHC champion, Seiki junior champion. Uh, Nakajima's about to win the tag titles probably, so <laughs> I'll he, he worked Wrestle 1 for like two, three months, so I'll count him as part of Wrestle 1.
1: <laughs> fucking disgusting shit.
0: But, uh, speaking of Mudo, the next match, uh, special match, uh, Keiji Mudo, Ryoto Hama, and Yasufumi Nakanoe defeating Masuki Kono, Ryoji Sai, and Kazu Sakamoto in 1203. Uh, two Wrestle 1 Originals and Hama and Nakanoe coming back home to team up with Mudo against a reunion of the original Wrestle 1 Heel Stable, Desperado. Uh, this match happened, I guess, but, uh, I didn't have much, I didn't really have high expectations because I knew going in it would, would have just been heel shtick until, mo, until Law Mudo ones. But, uh, they like they ran the same type of match back at Wonder Carnival. Like they even had the exact same spot of Mudo directing all the young guys to attack a dude in the corner. Though this time they even had the uh, ring announcer lady join in, so that was pretty funny. And uh, really, it was uh, fun to see Kona work as a heel for the first time in a while, I guess. And uh, I'm happy they broke out Crazy Train again for uh, Desperado, reunion, but <clears throat> and Kona going through the crowd like spraying them with sanitizer during the entrance was pretty good. But yeah, match was it happened.
1: I was say, you know, I don't have much to say. It's a Mudo match, so I don't really care that much.
0: As for what they're all doing, Muto is about to be the GHC champion. He's so
1: stupid. Uh, ha- Why?
0: Hama and Nakanoe are both in Big Japan, and Nakanoe just won the strong title. Again, One boys winning belts. Uh, Kono is fucking around with Andy and Vamo star. Ryo has, has his promotion, Land's End and Frequency All Japan, and Kazuma's having a pretty fun run in Dragon Gate as part of R.E.D., so all of them are doing shit. Uh, next match was uh, Yuji Okabayashi defeating Kuma Arashi in 9-12. Last year's Odaward Show had Ashino getting a big singles match against Sekimoto, but this year, uh, Kuma got the big singles match facing uh, Okabayashi, and uh, it was just as awesome as I expected it would be, really. Uh, Kuma looked like a fucking beast think he's a much better tag guy than singles but he can still turn it on for singles matches when he needs to especially with a good opponent and honestly kuma really just needs to go to big japan full-time honestly and tag with nakanoe he works really well with that style of wrestler they got in big japan but uh what you think about the match Um, wait, Akuma. <laughs> um
1: i thought this was a pretty good match um it definitely, it didn't feel like nine minutes. I thought it was, like, felt shorter somehow.
0: Yeah. Was, to me. really a sprint, that's for sure. That's I think, yeah, write. I
1: think that's why. Because I was like, oh, shit, they're going fucking fast and Especially pretty hard. So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, overall, I thought it was a pretty good match.
0: But, uh, what they're doing, uh, unfortunately for Kuma, he's in all Japan, mostly. <laughs> where he kind of has no hope of doing anything meaningful with the guy. Oh. So, at least in Big Japan, I think he'd have some better matches and more shine, but... Maybe one day All Japan will do something with Enfants, but at least when Kuma does show up in Big Japan, he always does good stuff, so hopefully that comes more often soon, because <laughs> i really much, very much enjoy him in Big Japan compared to All Japan. So my main event for the Wrestle 1 Tag Team titles, Deki Inaba, Koji-Doi, defeated Enfants Shotaro Shino, and Yusuke Kodama in 1830, and uh, this match featured three of the Big Four for Wrestle 1, Inaba, Doi, and Ashino along with Kuma were like the four guys in Russell one and pretty much what the future would have been based around if Russell one had gotten a chance to continue. As for how we got to this match, uh, infants were going in as champs and it was a uh, very, uh, very likely not the plan. The only reason they even had the titles was cause Sega Tachibana got injured during the summer before, uh, like right after he won the tag titles with Kondo, he was set to face Oshino and Kodama for the titles, like defend against him. Like he personally chose them. After, um, to prove, like he wanted to prove himself against his former stablemate mate, uh, Ashino, after the two had faced in, uh, the Russell one grand prix and Ashino like tried to recruit him back into Enfants, but, uh, because of the injury, Sego had to pull out and Ashino and Kodama ended up winning the belts and, uh, holding them throughout the fall and winter. Inaba won the Wrestle one title, but quickly lost it to Nakajima and was talking about leaving Russell one and going overseas because of the loss, but Doi convinced him to stay and challenge for the tag titles instead. And Infants, uh, going in, they wanted to remain champs because even if Wrestle 1 didn't exist anymore, if they were the forever tag champs, they could continue to hold the flag down for Wrestle 1 afterwards. But unfortunately, that did not come to be. I thought the match was pretty good, but uh, definitely not at the bottom if I was ranking the Infants title matches of that reign. Uh, still a match I'd recommend checking out. It just wasn't as great as I hoped it would have been. But yeah, pretty good.
1: Yeah, I was going to say I thought it was pretty good. Um I didn't think it got up to like the levels of great obviously, but overall I still thought it was a pretty good match and definitely worth checking out from the
0: show. One of the, like thing that like stands out in my mind about the match though is this fucking move that Ashina Kodama did off the top yes. rope. Oh like Oh my god. I, I think it's like basically uh Ashina basically like suplexed Kodama yeah. off the top <laughs> rope onto Doyen and Abo on the floor. Like I don't know what the fuck they were trying to do, but it looked cool. But uh that's what they're doing now. Uh, three of these guys are in all Japan together getting hot and cold booking, which I've talked about way too much on this podcast, so I'm not going to get back into it. Just hope they get booked better soon. Uh, in- Inaba debuted for No over the summer and then kind of barely got booked after that. Uh, he's recently started to make more frequent appearances as an addition to Kaito's little group with him and Inamura. And now they're building up a Marufuji feud for him, so at least they have plans for him, so that's nice to see. Uh, then the main event... For the rest of one title, uh, Kasayashi defeated Katahika Nakajima in 24-48. Uh, typical booking here with an outsider coming in, winning the belt, and disrespecting the company until one of the company guys finally topples the giant and wins the belt back for the company. Uh, they had just done the same angle with T-Hawk in 2019, and I guess they just, just decided to run it back with Nakajima. But it completely cut off Inaba at the legs in the process because like the second time he won the belt and then literally like, almost immediately dropped it right back to whoever. And I love T-Hawk's reign, but uh, Nakajima was poised to have an even better go in that role as the outside champion just because of his charisma. The problem, of course, was that the reign was rushed due to COVID and Wrestle 1 shutting down. And uh, I can't imagine Kaz was being the one to end his reign was in the plans originally, but they just wanted to get the belt back on the Wrestle 1 guy before the doors closed. And it's a nice little uh, golden watch uh, title reign for the man who uh, manned the helm of Wrestle 1 as president during uh, some rough years. And, uh, not sure who would have been the one to eventually get the win over Nakajima, but considering how things did go, I would have flipped things, had Kaz challenge in February, and then have Ashino be the one to beat Nakajima in Award and end as the final Wrestle 1 champ. But, oh well. As for the match itself, uh, it wasn't good. Uh, just really drawn out and never really got me excited at all throughout. Like, it's a lot of heel shit from Nakajima, and Kaz's offense wasn't super exciting, and I don't know, just whole match really didn't do a whole lot for me other than, like, a little spot at the beginning with Nakajima trying to force uh, Kaz and the ref to wear a because he was wearing one during the, his entrance. But, uh yeah, not much to this match, unfortunately.
1: I didn't take any notes for this, and I barely actually remember what happened. I just remember that part <clears throat> with Nakajima having the mask on and stuff. But, I mean, I don't know. I guess it happened. I don't know. It just...
0: it felt way longer than 24 minutes yeah but uh yeah that's it for wrestle one here uh nakajima still in noah rebounding from losing the wrestle one title to winning the national title in the n1 now he's in congo and seemingly going for the tag titles with his old partner kitamiya and kaz was in noah as well part of sugiro but he recently left and is focusing on running great so that's great that's great (laughs) i don't know but great news for great yeah, uh, overall, uh, I think it was a much-needed show. Definitely a better goodbye to Wrestle 1 than the like the actual final show was. I'm still fucking annoyed at Muto for not putting over one of the guys, young guys in that match, but enough of that. <laughs> overall, I uh, definitely reckon, I think the show was pretty fun overall. It didn't feel as long as it was other than the main event. Like I think everything went by pretty quick. I mean, it helps it was, a lot of it was clipped, but still, that was a pretty breezy show overall. But uh, that's it for Wrestle 1. And... I think that's it for our show too. So uh, let's get through the matches of the week and then wrap it up for matches of the week. It's kind of a, not a whole lot to choose from really. Um, probably my match of the week would be, uh, Nakanoe and Okobayashi from the big Japan for the strong title, but you didn't watch that one. So, I don't think you're going to agree with that. Uh, second, I I probably go with R.E.D. and Masquerade tag title match. Mm. And my third would be uh, Heaten Do You have uh, any choices or?
1: Not really. Yeah,
0: so it's kind of a light week as far as like stellar, like standout matches, I think. But uh, that's it for us. Uh, next week we'll be discussing uh, Ice Ribbon's uh, Ribbon Mania from December thirty first, and the Old Japan Corkin Hall show featuring the big Oshino Triple Crown title challenge. Uh, we'll maybe talk about cart, uh, Stardom's Corkin Hall show from the seventeenth as well. Just depends on if we get to it. And uh possibly talk about whatever else we decide to watch that week. So check them out and come back next week to hear our thoughts. If you want to follow the pod, you can do so at One Wrestling Pod. You can follow Caitlin at Taking Time Boss, and you can follow me at ASPIR underscore. But that's it for us this week. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: See everybody.